Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. For more information, please call 234-803-481-0869 or for free audio downloads, kindly visit www.davidogaga.org. We still want to look at that. Um, what we want to do with tonight is the, the verse 1 again. Uh, if you go back to verse 1, and it says, I saw another mighty angel came down from heaven, clothed with a cloud. That is what we want to do with. We've been able to do with the angel, and we know this is Christ. Is that okay? And so by now, we want to find out what cloud is he clothing himself with. What cloud is that? What is the meaning of this cloud? That's what I want to deal with tonight. Clothed with cloud. So you can put out a subtopic. And so, um, so, you know, if you go down again to uh, Revelation chapter 4, verse 3, we also find the same thing there. So let's just quickly look at Revelation 4, verse 3. And he says, And he that sat was to look upon like a jasper and a sardine stone, and there was a rainbow round about the throne. It's like an emerald. You know, the sat was like an emerald. So, it is the same thing. That rainbow is the rainbow cloud. It's the rainbow cloud. Now, we find that the rainbow cloud is around the throne. We find again that the rainbow cloud is upon the head of he that sat on the throne. And, and this is what we want to find out tonight. What is this rainbow cloud? Precisely. The initial time we spoke about the covenant which God made with um, Noah after the flood. Remember that? Praise the Lord. We find that. That was part of the, the very beginning of the application of the word rainbow. But let's see how it applies to this. So, what we're looking at now is, what is this cloud with which this angel was clothed? Clothed with a cloud. And even like we find in the throne, Revelation 4 verse 3. And again, was it the atmospheric cloud? I mean, something you look up to, you see in the atmosphere, in the stratosphere. Is that what this cloud is really all about? Is it a cloud that we, we see up there when you go out, for instance, from the hall now, you look up, see this cloud, and all that, sometimes you can see this, you can cloudy. Is that a cloud? Then again, we also have come to that conclusion within the body of Christ, largely, and we'll find that it's often said that it's coming back in the cloud. Because as you see me go, so shall he come. And the cloud took him up. Hallelujah. Out of the disciples' eyes, you find that in Acts chapter 1, verse number 9. So as they were beholding, behold, a cloud came and took him out of their sight. So again we say, what is this cloud all about? Uh, could this be the same cloud, for instance, uh, that entered the temple of Solomon? You know? And uh, the priests were not able to minister. Remember that. The second Chronicles chapter 5 verse 14. The Bible made us understand that when the dedication was coming up and in the, Tolomon, and the temple of Solomon, that a cloud came in and the priest could not minister by reason of the cloud. So, is this the same cloud? That's the question we want to look at tonight. Praise the Lord. So, um, let us begin with the book of Exodus. Um, let's look at Exodus 13, verse 21 and 22. In trying to unravel the mystery of this cloud, what it's all about. So look at Exodus 13, 21 and 22. 21 says, 
And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud. Now, if you look at this, it is a pillar of cloud, but pillar of a cloud. And I want you to know that because it's very important. Pillar of a cloud. Right? To lead them in the way. And by night in the pillar of fire to give them light to go by the day and night. He took not away the pillar of cloud by day. Not the pillar of fire by night from before the people. So I want you to observe again the definite article that's accompanying this cloud. A cloud. Please, the living God. Amen. It is said to be a cloud. Singular. And this is very, very important in our consideration of what we are dealing with tonight. We want to find out what a cloud it really is. We just want to see what this cloud really is. So we find that this is a singular cloud of glory. It's the cloud of God's glory that speaks of the unique presence of God. This cloud speaks of God's glory and His unique presence at any particular time, at any particular location. Any time the people of Israel saw this cloud, they know we immediately that God has appeared. It was a cloud that signals the presence of God. It was a cloud that ushering God's presence. And I want you to understand it. So, it's not really dealing with what you see out there. That's not what this cloud is all about. Hallelujah. The cloud's appearance says that, if you look at it very closely, anytime the cloud shows up, Anywhere, at any time. It means Yahweh was uniquely, God himself, Yahweh, the Hebrew people, was uniquely present in that place. At that time. Hallelujah. So for instance, like we're in service now, and all of a sudden the cloud comes in. For the Jewish man, we know God have visited. God is right here. Is that okay? Right. Often the way we speak about it in... In our modern day church, the glory of the Lord is here. The glory of the Lord filled the whole place. How many of you have heard that? Okay, fine. That is the way we speak about it. But for them, it was the manifest presence of God. God is right here. So now what you use, the glory of God is here. You can also say the cloud of God is here. Or God is here in this cloud of glory. You're saying the same thing. Praise the Lord. Amen? Alright. Now, for the Jews, they understood the move of this cloud... And what the clouds stood for in their history and time. At any particular time, they knew precisely what the cloud was all about. Once the cloud shows up, they know God is here right now. No doubt about it. No confusion about it. They are so certain that God has just showed up because the cloud is right there. So the cloud's presence in the wilderness gave assurance to Israel that God was with them. Is that okay? Now, in the night, they see the pillar of cloud right up there. They say, oh, God is around here. He's protecting us. In the daytime, they see the cloud up. They say, oh, God is around here. They just know that this is God. They were not seeing an empty space. Hallelujah. So, it was a very unique presence of the Lord himself. And uh, let's look at another scripture, maybe. Uh, but just like we read before in the book of that same Exodus. Uh, he said, and the Lord went before them in a pillar of cloud. Remember that? Exodus 13. Fine. Okay. 
Uh, so we find that God was in the midst of that cloud. God was right the one, you know, showing up in that in that cloud. Are um, we always? Uh, for me, I always let's look at anyway. Uh, Exodus 19. Let's just look at Exodus 19, verse number nine. Exodus 19, verse nine. And the Lord said unto Moses, Lo, I come unto thee in what a thick cloud, that the people may hear when I speak with thee and believe thee forever. And Moses told the words of the people unto the Lord, I am coming to do in a thick cloud. Again, singular. The thickness means the heaviness. You understand what I mean? The weighty presence of His glory. That's what it means. Right? So here he said, And the Lord said unto Moses, I come unto thee in a thick cloud, that the people may hear when I speak unto thee. So it was the vehicle of God Himself. What I rather call the vehicle of God's expression. That's for me. The cloud was a vehicle of God's expression. It was a cloud that takes God and reveals God and manifests His presence and His glory in the midst of His children at any particular time. Praise the Lord. Amen. Again, let's look at Leviticus 16 and verse 2. See, then we're trying to find out what this cloud really is. Leviticus 16, verse 2. And the Lord said unto Moses, Speak unto Aaron, thy brother, that he come not at all times into the holy place, which the veil within the veil before the mercy seat, which is upon the earth, that he die not. For I will appear in the cloud upon the mercy seat. Very, very clear. See that? So, what you find in the most holy place, the glory that was in the most holy place was God Himself. It was not just one flash of lightning. He said, I will appear in that cloud. So anytime the cloud shows up, God is right there. Are you following me? Praise the Lord. Okay. So it is the fact that with the Hebrews, the word Shekinah actually means to dwell. Some of us don't know that. Shekinah, S H E. K-I-N-A-H Shekinah Some call it Shekinah Whatever it is The word in the Hebrew Shekinah means To dwell To dwell To stay So, and since the glory cloud Always signified that God was present At the place Where the cloud appears It simply means To dwell in a special sense God has come to dwell in a special sense because the glory is Shekinah and Shekinah means to do what? To dwell. So if the glory showed up for instance here right now we can say God has come to dwell here because the Shekinah glory is present. But don't forget the Shekinah is the same thing as the cloud. You following that? Praise the Lord. So it means to dwell. To dwell in a special sense. And then they also call it Shekinah or the dwelling glory of God. Shekinah means to dwell or the dwelling glory of God. That's what it means. This then is the true meaning of that word. When you talk about Shekinah, you're talking about the dwelling glory of God. Not just the dwelling glory, but the dwelling glory cloud of God. As it were. Praise the Lord. 
You follow me? Now I want you to catch this. Don't forget we are dealing with he clothed himself with a cloud. <laughs> so that's the issue. What kind of cloud was he clothing himself with? So we now, as we're looking at this, you can almost immediately conclude as to what that clothing was all about. What does that mean? He clothed himself with a Shekinah glory. Simple. Is that okay? So when you say Revelation 4 and verse 3, and that the throne, there was a cloud on the throne, a rainbow cloud on the throne. What you are actually talking about was the throne is surrounded by the Shekinah glory of God. Praise the Lord. Did you see him? Rainbow round about the throne, which is a cloud. The Shekinah glory of God's presence. Hallelujah. So now let's quickly go to Acts chapter 1. Maybe today an understanding will come to you. Acts chapter 1, let's look at this. 8 and, and 9. 8 and 9. Now he told them in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, speaking to the disciples, after I had been with them for 40 days and 40 nights and teaching them the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. How I many of you remember that? Okay. Now verse 8 he says, But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and it shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and the uttermost part of the earth. Now verse 9, very important. When he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and what? A cloud received him out of their sight. Did you get that now? So, is it becoming clear for you now that this cloud that received him out of the sight had nothing to do with the lumbus and cumulus up there? Nothing to do with that. Did you get that? And somebody will say, but David, what are you talking about? If you say this is a cloud, are you not saying God took him to himself? Just wait for me. Let's come a little bit. Hallelujah. So we find out this is the ascension of Christ on the Mount of Olives. How the disciples beheld him being taken away or taken up. So, just like I said, does that not mean... This is God or not? First of all, it was a cloud that took him out of their sight. And again, we said it was a singular cloud. Do you understand it? Very good. And like I always say, if a cloud took him out of their sight, and I have always believed, you, call him, you see him in like manner. Now, if you look at verse 10, there's a statement made there. Let's go down to verse 10, and then I come back to say this. And while they looked separately towards heaven, as it went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. How many of you know who the two men were? Moses and Elijah. Is that okay? God. Verse 11. And this is what they told them. Which also said, ye men of Galilee. Now, I want you to know that. Ye men of Galilee. While stand ye gazing into heaven. The word gazing actually speaks of to look foolishly. Did you get that? Now, because what they were looking at was not what actually they were supposed to be looking at. They were looking at the empty space, but what took him was the glory cloud. So it was a foolish exercise. 
You see that? And unfortunately too, today we still have men looking up. Not just looking up, gazing too. Because they said, this, this same Jesus which is taken up from you into heaven shall also come in like manner as you have seen him going to heaven. Now, as you have seen him going to heaven, who was he talking to? Audience relevant? Ye men of Galilee. Now, how many of you understand that these people were just 120? Are you with me? So, God, if it was 120 that was with him, we finally got to the upper room. Who got a baptism of the Holy Spirit? Remember, we're talking to a group of people. This is time was called men of Galilee. But before them, they were called the Nazareth. Just like the Pharisees, the Exens, the Sadducees, the scribes. Those were following Christ because he had his headquarters at that time, as it were, in Galilee. They were called Galileans. That's why when so Peter say, "You are one of those Galileans," that's what they mean. You, you know that you are a disciple of the. The Jesus that has his headquarters, whatever, in Galilee. You're a Galilean. Did you get that? So, I mean, Nazareth. So, you first have the first group as Nazareth. Then you have to, when they come to the place, they have his headquarters in Galilee. They begin to call them Galileans. Then in Acts chapter 11, they begin to call them Christians. This is the progression of that name. The first people that followed him were Nazareth people. Second group, Galileans. Third group, Christians. This is the way it went. You follow what I'm saying? So, Moses and Elijah were addressing a specific people. And there were just 120 at that time who finally got to the upper room to get the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So if you are saying it's going to come in like manner, maybe from the cloud, then of course only 120 should see him. Because not more than 120 saw him. And somebody said, no, David, but no, no, no. The Bible says it's going to come in clouds. That's good. We take that up next week. Why have a singular cloud multiply into clouds? Because if it was coming like manner, it had to still come back in a singular cloud. Am I talking? But this singular cloud has become plural. So how did it transform? That's what we're going to examine next week. Praise God. Are we together? So we find again that this was a singular cloud that took him out of their sight. And... Uh, Again, the question is, what singular cloud was this, like we are saying? The very cloud of His glory. The Shekinah cloud of God Himself. That same cloud that we find in Exodus 13, that's the cloud we find in Leviticus 16, is the same cloud with which God came and picked up Jesus. Not the empty space. Praise the Lord. Now if you are wondering, and saying, hey, what are you trying to tell me, David? That he went into the cloud and he just said, The cloud that to Jesus is God's presence or God Himself, meaning he went into God or that God took him to Himself. Maybe we'll look at some scriptures and find out what happened. So talk with me to John 13, verse number 1. John 13, verse number 1. We're still trying to find out what the cloud is. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, what hour was that? He's about to die. Remember, it's connected to the feast of Passover. It has to be this Passover lamb. <laughs> it was all timely. That he should depart out of the world unto the Father. Unto who? 
unto the Father. Having loved his own, which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. What I want you to pick from this passage is, departed out of the world unto the Father. Alright? I would like you to look at another scripture with me. John 16, verse 17. Because we're trying to find out, the glory cloud that took him, what was it? We already said, the glory cloud is God's presence. John 16, 17. Then said some of his disciples among themselves, What is this that he said unto us? A little while, and he shall not see me. And again, a little while, and he shall see me. And because I go to the Father. You must, you must, you must catch that. You must be able to see the strength of the statement he's making. What, where he was going to. Hallelujah. It wasn't like I told us this on Sunday. The ultimate goal and object of God saving us in Christ is to get back to God. So you find out in Matthew 1 and verse 21. Is that okay? God is the ultimate goal. is the end of all hope. Alright. Again, let's quickly look at this. John 16 verse 17. Oh, we just read John 16 17, right? Okay. Look at verse 28 of John 16. John 16, 28. Hallelujah. 28. I love this one because it just opened up my mind to something when I was studying. This is what it says. I came forth from where? From the Father. And I'm come into the world. And again, I leave the world and I go to where? To the Father. Praise the Lord. Now, I suppose you can understand this. Where he went to was the Father. Not the empty space. Because the glory is God's manifest presence. So when he was to go, the Lord showed up. And he just had to get back to himself. Because he came from the Father. He has to get back into the Father. Amen? So from the Father he said, that's where he went to and that's where he came from. He came from the Father. He has to go back to the Father. As revealed by the Shekinah glory. On that particular day. The very glory cloud of the Father himself came down. It's like God was receiving him. Now, you see a similar thing close to that, if I may use the word. Do you realize in Acts chapter 7, in the last verses, when Stephen was stoned to death, the Bible says he lifted up his eyes and he saw the Lord. How many of you understand that? You see, this tells you something again. Let's, let's just take it. Exodus, I mean, Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse number 7. I would like us to read that. Ecclesiastes 12, verse number 7. The book of Ecclesiastes. And let's see if you can find it. Verse 7. Praise the Lord. Verse number 7 of Ecclesiastes. Let's see. Uh, it's talking about when a man dies. For instance. Amen. Enoch said, 
Then shall the dust return to the earth as it was. And what happened? The spirit shall return unto who? Unto God. God is always the focus. God is always the end point. And that's why I'm saying, even if you think of going to heaven, it is only as you get to God that you can get to heaven. You understand me? Did you follow what I've just said? The spirit goes back to God who gave it. That is why you find that when he prayed, or the last prayer as it were, people say, he said, into the hand I commend what? My spirit. Because when a man dies, the spirit goes back to God. The spirit that cannot have access to God as such that we put in prison, if you will. Now I don't want to touch that. So let's come back a little bit. Now, this glory cloud that I'm talking about is God himself. And Jesus said, I came from God and I'm going back to God. Who is the Father? Okay, talk with me to the book of First Timothy chapter 6. First Timothy 6, let's look at verse 15 to 16. First Timothy 6. Uh, okay, let's take it from verse 14 so that this which may connect properly. Thou shalt keep this commandment without spot and rebukable until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. And um, verse 15. Which in time, which in his time he will show, who is the blessed and only potentate, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Now look at this. Who only had what? Immortality dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto, whom no man has seen, nor can see, to whom be honor and power everlasting. The same Shekinah glory is what Paul called what? The light inaccessible. Remember what he told them in Leviticus 16? I'm going to appear there, don't come there all the time, lest you do what? You die. He said, no man can appear, I mean approach to that light. This is what Paul said. Is the Shekinah glory that I was talking about. But now, again there is a way you have to understand this. It is man that cannot approach, not the one that God has glorified. Because at least the priest was going there but once in a year. He was seeing the light. Is that okay? Come on, are you with me? Okay, you need to understand the concept of, how do I put it now, of the use of the word man. You see, Jesus asked the same question to the woman that was taken in adultery. Have no man condemned thee? And he said, no man. When he said, have no one, he said, no man. There has to be an understanding of the use of the word man in this context. The man that cannot see this glory is the Adamic man. As it were. Is that okay? Which no man can approach, nor can see, like he said, to whom be honor and glory. But see, what I want you to call dwelling in the light. Did you get that? Good. Dwelling in the light, which no man can approach. That is where he dwells. That is the glory. That is the Shekinah glory. 
And that is where he entered into. That is where he came from. Hallelujah. So this cloud of glory, the Shekinah light, is his abode, is his dwelling place. Praise the living God. The very cloud that came, again we're going to see that. Let's look at something in the book of Second Chronicles, I mentioned that before. Chapter 5 verse 14, Second Chronicles 5 verse 14. We're trying to unravel this cloud that took Jesus from the sight of the disciples. Are you there? Second Chronicles 5 and verse 14. Okay, let's go back a little bit. Go to verse 13. And let's read down. It came even to pass as the trumpets and the singers were as one. And this is very important. Trumpets and singers are one. One mind, one spirit, one voice. Okay. To make one sound. To be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music. And praise the Lord, saying, For He is good, for His mercy endure it forever. That then the house was filled with what? No, read with me, with what? A cloud. Even the house of the Lord was filled with a cloud. A cloud took Him out of their sight. A cloud filled the temple. Hallelujah. So that the priest could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord had filled the house of God. Is this simple? The glory cloud, the Shekinah glory cloud, is a light that no man can approach and is the very presence of God. This is the cloud that Jesus entered into. Not the empty space. Hallelujah. And what happened when they moving this into this dimension of light? Let's look at Mark 16 verse 19. Mark 16 verse 19. Praise the Lord. So then, after the Lord has spoken unto them, referring again now to Acts chapter 1, verse 9, he was received up into heaven. And what the next thing that happened, and sat on the right hand of God. In other words, as he moved back into that realm, he received authority from the presence of the Lord. To sit at the right hand is a place of dominion and power of God. Praise the Lord. Are we see here? So this cloud was a blazing Shekinah cloud which had always veiled the divine majesty of God from time immemorial. It is the same glory cloud. You could look into the cloud but you can truly look into the cloud in a, in a way because you really can see but that is what kept up God from mortal eyes. Amen. So now, he left in the glory cloud. We have always had this language of the second advent. I don't know if you've heard that. 
second advent so we have the first advent if i may understand right the first advent means when he came is that all right second advent is when he will come again and i was trying to speak to a friend two nights ago we were talking there's something he post said he did a very good job but i made you to understand that there's something that is not truly right and because we were talking about this issue of the second advent or something you don't really see second coming put together in the bible i'm saying that here the word second and coming you don't see those two words joined together in the bible what you see is second time and come again these are the things you see not second coming you can see it there man because of the understanding of his coming again you know coin up that word of second advent in relation to second coming i don't know if you're getting this good in hebrews 9 that's where you find second times then in john 14 how to call come again i mean that is the thing there is no place like second and coming joined together you don't find it in the bible and i try to make my friend understand even the word come again have nothing to do with a repeat occurrence no come again is simply a promise of manifesting his blessings and we'll find that in the life of abraham the angel spoke to which we know is god to abraham that sarah laughed Sarah said, no, 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 I didn't laugh. He said, okay, no problem. At this time, next year, I will come again and your wife shall have a child. How do we know that he came again? Because Isaac was born. So the word to come again simply means a promise fulfilled. And so when Jesus said, I'm going to come again in John 14, he was promising the Holy Spirit. Is that okay? We can have a whole study on that. But this can help you to go take a look. Is that alright? So, it doesn't really mean when he said come again, in quotes, it has to be in a physical form, in that sense. Because for instance, in Genesis 11, we have another case, you know, to look into. When the Lord said, let's go down and confirm their language. Right? Good. So they are in one mind, one language, and so there was nothing going to be impossible for them to do. So let's go down and confirm the language. Now, we never saw anybody come down from anywhere, but they find a man's language was confounded at the Tower of Babel. It shows that God came down. Is it making sense? And God did that because of the nature of man at that time trying to establish structures and building cities outside of God. If you understand what a city stands for in the Bible, it stands for government. So, they were trying to establish their own government outside of God's influence. Exactly what Enoch did. Remember that? Good. The Bible says Enoch built a city and called it, I'm the son of Enoch because I call it after his father's name, Enos. If you remember the story. Is that okay? 
A city speaks of government. Now, God didn't build cities. God gave a garden, but man, after the fallen state, built a city. See what I'm saying? Hallelujah. Excuse me. So, let's get back to what we're dealing with. So I'm saying the Shekinah glory is God's presence. Um, so like I said, people t- often talk about uh, uh, coming in like manner in relation to the second advent. Right? So he left the physical form. He's coming back in the physical form. I have no problem with that. Anyway, but I'm trying to say there is nothing like second coming in the Bible. It's not found anywhere. It's come again and second times. Now if you understand second time, time is not for us to deal with that. What was the first time? The first time was when he went to the most holy place. Right? You done with me? After resurrection, he told Mary, I mean, yeah, who was trying to touch him, touch me not for I have not yet ascended to my father and your father. So when he ascended, but I remember that same day he was taught, but you go to um, 30 disciples, we're going to meet them tonight or this evening. Is that okay? He went to the presence of the Father because every high priest, once the lamb is sacrificed, he takes the blood to the most holy place and sprinkles it. So to fulfill that, you know, aspect of his priesthood, he went into the presence of God to say where the sacrifice has been offered. This is the blood of the sacrifice. Is that okay? Fine. So how does he appear a second time? The second time has to do with without sin unto what? Salvation. That's what the Bible says in the book of Hebrews chapter 9. He said we appear a second time not without sin but what? Unto salvation. Now you already saved for instance. Is that okay? You already accepted the blood. What is the second time appearance unto salvation? That means salvation is much more beyond just being saved. There is more to salvation. Is that okay? Unto them that look for him shall he appear a second time. It has to do with those looking for him. And this has to do with those who seek for life and immortality. Come to the book of Romans. You see what I'm saying? Okay. Let's leave that. But anyway, let's just look at how did he come in the first place? Even that which you call first advent, advent or first appearance, whatever. Did he drop from the sky? Was there any connection to this same Shekinah glory, if we may look at the Bible? He said, I came forth from the Father, and I came into the world. That's what he said. Is that okay? I came forth from the Father, and I came into the world. Let's look at something. I would like us to read from the Amplified Translation. Luke chapter 1, verse 34 and 35. Luke chapter 1. Amplified Translation. Luke 1, 34, 35. Praise the Lord. Now, um, you know, the angel came to announce that she was going to have a baby. Is that okay? Now, this was the response of Mary. Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I have no intimacy with any man as a husband? I knew no man. And so when the Lord said, I knew you not, no relationship. Is that okay? Then the angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you like a shining cloud. 
Praise the Lord. And so the holy, pure, sinless thing, that offering, offspring, which shall be born of you, shall be called what? Son of God. So how did he come? He came from the cloud. The same Shekinah glory. So he said, I came from the Father. I'm going back to the Father. So he found out the Shekinah glory equals who? God. It's so simple. So if you are talking of first advent, like we are saying, this is what we probably have to refer to the first advent. Am I right? Very good. If this is the first advent, how did it come? He never dropped from the sky. <laughs> Hallelujah. So you don't expect him to drop again from the sky. Even if you want to say this is going to be the second advent, he has to come the way he came the first time. So is he going to come the second time? He's going to overshadow the church and that holy thing that shall be in you and in me shall be called the Son of God. Hallelujah. That is how he comes. Hallelujah. The same Shekinah glory, the same power of the highest is the Shekinah glory of God. So we see that Jesus came out of the glory cloud and left in the same glory cloud. Amen? And the cloud will be the Father. It wasn't the atmospheric cloud, but the very cloud word of His presence. That's how it comes. And this is the cloud that surrounds the throne, like we find in Revelation chapter 4, verse number 3. The same rainbow, the same cloud, which, with which He also came. Now, so go back now to Revelation chapter 10 that we are dealing with. And verse now number one, so that you can understand what we're saying now. Then I saw another mighty angel. Now, don't forget the understanding of another. Another has to do another, which is the same. Good. This time, mighty angel. Right? Which is like mighty father. You find in Isaiah chapter 9, verse number 6. Shall we call the mighty God? Remember that? It's mighty in terms of strength or power. Okay. And he said, And I saw another mighty angel came down from heaven, clothed with a cloud. Are you seeing it now? And a rainbow, which is a covenant of life, was upon his head. And his face was at its wear, the sun. And his feet was as pillars of fire. To be able to trample down and consume. You know? Because you find the same thing in the book of Malachi. The covenant, the message of the covenant whom you seek shall suddenly come to a sample. And it shall sit as what? Refine as fire to purify the sons of Levi. That they may offer unto me a sacrifice acceptable. Glory to God. That is what the fire does. That's what the feet does. Trampling down. Very simple. You will get to understand it. So, the glory cloud that surrounded the throne. And this man coming in and clothing himself with the glory cloud. What is he talking about? He clothed himself with what? The Shekinah glory of God. Is that okay? Praise the Lord. So, what is that supposed to mean to us? Very simple again. If the glory cloud overshadowed Mary was a woman, and then, and don't forget, Revelation 44 tells us, I mean, uh, 14 tells us, those who are with the Lamb, the mountain, I won for the 4,000. Remember that? And I mentioned it, and some people get confused about that. If the Lamb is Christ, and it's on the Mount Zion, which is the church, the people that must be with Him, the one for the 4,000, should and must equally be lambs. 
I don't know if I'm making sense. I'm making sense to you. They got to be lambs also. And that's why I keep saying, for you to truly, and now, he mentioned to us, anyway, just let's look at it. Just look at it very quickly. Revelation 14. Excuse me. Revelation 14. And I looked, and lo, a lamb stood on the Mount Zion, and with him a hundred and forty and four thousand, having what? His father's name written in what? Their forehead. What is the name? A nature. This one, the 144,000 have received the nature of God. And they are with him on Mount Zion. What is Mount Zion? The church. So these are redeemed people. Let's read down a little bit so that you can get it. I'm going to show you what I'm trying to look at. And I heard a voice from heaven saying, I mean, as the voice of many waters, plenty of people now. And as the voice of a great thunder, and I heard the voice of harpers harping with your hearts. When, when sound becomes volume, let me put it that way, it's like thunder. Is that okay? All right. If all of us begin to shout here, it's like thundering. That's what he means. Speaking of people. Okay, verse 3. And he said, And they sang as it were a new song before the throne, and before the four beasts. I don't want to have time to deal with that. And the elders, and no man could learn that song, but the 144,000 quit were what? Redeemed from the earth. Okay, let's read down. You find these people. These are they which were not defiled with women, for they are what? Virgins. These are they which follow the Lamb whithersoever he goeth. These were redeemed from among men, being the first fruit unto God and to the Lamb. Go to James chapter 1. Look at verse 18. I want you to take this description here. They were virgins. The one forty-four thousands are virgins. They were not defiled with women. Okay. James 1 verse 18. Okay. Let's take it from 17. So, but this okay. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. And coming down from the Father of light. <laughs> Father of light. You are the light of the world. With whom is not variableness, neither shadow of turning. Go down. Of his own will begat he us with what? The word of truth. That we should be a kind of what? First fruit of his creatures. The virgins are first fruits unto the Lamb. Redeemed from amongst men. How are they? How did they become first fruit? They were begotten by what? The word of truth. And that's why I said they were not defied by women. What are women? Now, is it? Are you trying to say the one for the four thousand are just all men? Now, if we have to turn it the other way around, is it women that defy men or men defy women? I mean, what are we talking about? But these people were not defied by women. What does that mean? We are saying they were not corrupted by a religious system, which has to do with the church. They were not defiled in their mind and in their heart, in their belief. Because the Bible said they followed the land where they find he goeth. So those whose mind are stayed on what God is saying and stand by the truth are the virgins, are the redeemed one, are the 144,000 that have the nature of God written here on their forehead, which are the with their minds. Praise the Lord. Now, why did I read that? Because 
Moses, I mean, Mary was a virgin. And the Shekinah overcame, I mean, overshadowed her, right? And the holy thing was formed. Now if the church becomes a virgin church, what happened? The Shekinah comes in, and what happened on the inside? The Son of God is formed. That is why the man-child is going to come out of the church, according to Revelation chapter 12. i got to stop tonight. You're taking me somewhere. Thank you.